Uh, did the kids go vegan yet in season two? They have one dinner scene where she's making like, or the husband's making like tofu, porcini, mushroom, something or other. Yeah, see, like, I, I totally understand Buddy hating his kids because I hate <laughs> his fucking kids. We're gonna get to the murder at some point, but I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't start off by talking about whether or not the sweet is hot. I don't think that Julie would would go for him with her morals and all that shit. I just don't. I, I didn't see that. I I could see it based on like just like her rebellious phase, which is what she does in high do school. Yeah, people in high school like do that. They have weird phases that they go through, and that they'll look back on and be like, "Yeah, that didn't really make much sense. Didn't have any reason to do that." Now we're having the season two conversation here. Is it season two that she gets the tattoo? Is it season two? I think so. Yeah. If so, then you've just solved that right off the bat. But yeah, I don't think that the Swede is anything to write home about. I think that it's just so obvious that guy doesn't have a future. Uh, I didn't love his band. We talked a little bit before. I think the Swede's band is awesome. <laughs> I would have gone to Julie the show with Julie and stayed and watched the Swedes band play. Crucifix Victorious is definitely the much better band. So as yes. like I lean Crucifix Victorious. Crucifix Victorious rocks. They rock fucking hard. But I can definitely see uh, a coach, a, a Texas coach's daughter, falling in love with this worldly guy. Worldly only in name, but but worldly because he's the Swede. Yeah, and who has a band, and that that's kind of her little breakout phase. I can I, can I could see that. like any high school girl going for that high school junior sophomore yeah. whatever age she is. Like he's a cool. How old he's he supposed w- to be? Him? Yeah, I think he's like early twenties, probably something like that. He might be in college. I was or given. I was. Given oh, he's not college. in college. No, he's not attending college. <laughs> but he's like college age, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like he's like one of those dudes where it's like. The high school girls think that he's the hot shit, and then anybody else after that is just like, "This guy's a fucking loser." Mm. All right, he so drive he drives a rape van. Yeah, he does. <laughs> there are like a lot of not cool things about the Swede that I feel that like he looks sweaty all the time. He's constantly yes. sweaty. His apartment is like almost nicer than the meth dealer that Tim Riggins it's was living right, with, but yeah. like not that much is definitely nicer. Roach infested. Yeah. Especially to, I mean in the South there's like roaches like crazy anyway. Yeah. I'm surprised that that's never been a storyline on on that. <laughs> you really pushing for the Friday night yeah, no, lo- they had, roach. Like, they had the racism episode, they had the rape episode. They never covered just insects. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Missed opportunity. Man. Yeah, they uh, they really fucked that up. So while Julie is uh, doing her thing, once uh, Matt says, you know what? I won't go see the Decemberists with you, which is maybe the best uh, tell-off scene or tell-off, yeah, in the show. Being like, I'm not going to go see the Decemberists with you because I'm pissed off. It's just like perfect for that time and everything. But uh, he gets himself a little cutie. He moves on to, after the, the cheerleader girl, he moves on to Carlota, Carlotta. Car- yeah, I believe it's Carlota. Carlota, who as is... Landry would say, "You're hot maid." <laughs> hot maid, right? And they, what's her face, assumes that she's the help too, right? Um, what's Julie. the the cheerleader girl that comes along? Oh yeah, I forgot. Lauren. She was aw- so Lauren was a keeper for me. If I were Matt, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have gone back to Julie. I wouldn't have moved on to 
Carlota. Although no, I understand. you don't. Yeah. You don't pass up the opportunity to move on to Carlota just for a little bit. Yeah, you, the, this woman's living with you. The she's, living, she's, the living having sex situation <laughs> would be amazing for high school. Like uh, from from Always Sunny when when Frank Reynolds wants to get a bang made. Like, oh my Matt, god, Matt had a bang made. Holy shit! A, yeah, high school junior at this age was he a junior? Uh, yeah, this is yeah, his I junior so. year. And that worked out for everybody too, because then when he went back to Julie, I mean, like he had some moves to to, to bring to her. So that actually ended up working out for everybody. Um, I'm trying to. Th- should we go to the murder at this point? I feel like it's season- looming over well, all of our well, heads. It's well, the like, murder season. Se- yeah, season two is so weird in so many different ways that like. No matter which plot line you go to, it's going to be weird. We're going to be like, well, yeah. should we be on this Might right as now? well go to the murder this early. I Why wrote not? in my notebook, uh-oh, murder time. <laughs> when it was happening, I was like, yes. Well, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, when I watched the show, I was texting with a friend who uh, watched it, and they said, where are you right now? Because I texted, like, addicted to Friday Night Lights, I'm all in. And they were like, cool, where are you at right now? And I said, I just finished finished season one. And she responded, that makes Uh-oh. sense. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Like, well, get ready to hate it. And I didn't think that season two was bad. I mean, it, it was ridiculous, as you said, Pete, at like a lot of different points, but See, I still loved it. Okay, it so slow me season down. two for me is kind of the way that I look at season three for House of Cards. It's entertaining while you're watching it, and then like at the end of it, you're like, well, that was, that was the season that, <laughs> that you, we're done with that. So it yeah. was it was fine while it was happening, but it wasn't. Looking back on it, it definitely wasn't the best that they've done. Yeah, there were too many loose ends. Also, in yeah. season uh, two, we're going to talk to. To be uh, fair, they had excuses. Yeah, so, so this was the writers' strike year that uh, that that monkey wrench was thrown into the system. Um, we're going. Our guest for this one is uh, Benny Ciaramello, who plays. One of my favorite characters. I think everyone was on board with this character, right? Santiago, oh, yeah. big fans of Santiago. Santiago was like basically... a big fan of him, but I thought he was a good character for the I show. I thought that he was awesome, and I thought that he was basically Vincent Howard before Vincent Howard. Like, they just... They tried to do Santiago again, and they happened to get, like, an amazing an actor. actor. And, right. And so that was perfect. But I was a big fan of Santiago. Was glad that dropped off. But... Uh, yeah, they. I think they ended a lot of characters and a lot of storylines kind of abruptly. Yeah, very I think it was jerky. supposed to be twenty-two episodes, and it got cut to fifteen. So, okay, it so really, like, it. yeah, seven eps of you and, know, and Santiago they, and, the, and and the showrunners were like, by no means was the last episode of this season supposed to be the season finale, right? Right. So that and they like they had to make up for it the next year with like the season three episode one they were like oh yeah by the way we have to close up all the loose ends that we left off on so uh yeah season two is weird um the season finale was the peter berg episode i'm realizing yeah that was like was it really? the, that was how that season ended that like peter well, berg kind of makes a cameo and okay, gets in a so, fight with with coach Taylor. so for me i i watched this on, in one one fell swoop I watched it all the way through, and it took me until a couple, ep- maybe one or two episodes Damn, after. Sorry. When you say one fell swoop, you watched like 13 hours straight of TV? No, but like all the way through, like no breaks. Okay. In terms of Fettelberg like. Fettelberg was about to be like, challenge accepted. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's like basically what I did for like seasons one, two, and three. So I was going to give you a little high five. But I don't deserve that. I don't deserve that high five. Um, no, but like uh, I, 
was on to season three before I realized that I was on season three. I think that actually happened with me, and it happened in rewatching because when we were talking about um, how abruptly it ended, I was like, "How did it end again?" And I just had to go look, and I was like, "Oh, may the best man win" was the last episode of that, which is which was very, very, uh, very weird. I thought that a lot of the storylines in season two were were forced. Oh, total! It's so much unbelievable. I think so. Like I, w- it just doesn't seem right. Like everything's kind of like a little bit off. Yeah, I think, and it's just like, yeah, everything. Like, it felt like they had like a very good baseline for season one, and they had that all planned out. And then when season two came around, they're like, oh shit, we kind of have to create storylines for another season of the show. Right. Yeah. Kind of like Flight of the Concords, where the season one is these songs they've been writing their whole lives, and then it gets picked up for season two, and it's like, all right. Give us this many good songs as well. And there's, I mean, there's... Friday Night Lights was always, if I remember correctly, it was, like, pretty often in flux, too, right? Yes. Like they never really knew how long they were going to... It was always like, all right, we'll re-up you one more year. Okay, what was it? The se- seasons... At what point did it... I think, it after, taken off I think after season two, it was taken off yes. the air and then right. went to Universal. Direct, yeah, and then it would do... It would air. They would air a season on DirecTV, mm-hmm. and then, like, six months later, they would air it on NBC. Which so is like, insane to me. And it because was cool. Yeah, it was so weird. It was like pre-Twitter. Was like right so. before like internet TV really took off. Oh, yeah. That wouldn't work today. You no. couldn't do that. No, like, and I realize now, like, I watched the finale of Se- Friday Night Lights, like season five, like six to eight months after someone else did, but I still had no idea. Like, that would have been spoiled for me without a doubt. But yeah, yeah this show would have been on Netflix or, or yeah, somewhere. Like, it got picked up by Universal after NBC dropped it or whatever, something like that. And like, there's no way that show wouldn't have been picked up by Netflix or something yeah, after totally. it was canceled. Totally. How do we feel that the whole pregnancy, uh, Coach Taylor returning from TMU, and the new coach went? I think that we're all in agreement the new coach was a shitbag, even by we've created this character to not be liked standards. See, I didn't even like the fact that he went to TMU. Like, I, I understand, you know, like the TMU, because didn't they leave it open-ended at the end of the first season no he was gone he announced he before gone. the before but the didn't uh, he have like conversations game. with with tammy saying like well he was on the fence but didn't he announce before state that he they, was gone? they were on the fence that whether the family was going to go but then he like decided like he knew that her job was important to her and he made the sacrifice well that but sacrifice which ended up he being wasn't a bad on reason. the fence because he, he i remember him giving the speech to the team you know you remember every coach speech and he was talking about how when you know one day when you're a man you'll realize you have to provide to your family and this is the best way for him to provide for his family. Well, I, all right, that's fine. But I, I just I don't like storylines where you know something's gonna like yeah. you know that he's gonna come back yes, and coach yeah. the team. Like if that's gonna happen, just bring him back to the team in the first episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that's fine. I don't think he returns to the team until like what three or four episodes. Yeah, three or in. four. I agree. Yeah. So like the whole thing is like you got you're just Julie waiting the for him to come back. Yeah, you're waiting for him to come back. Tammy's the crazy I like, bells. I like to see the uh, the juxtaposition though of how he interacted with college, like how how he it, it didn't really work with college players. Like yeah. Coach Taylor has to right. Have high school yeah. Lines. Like when he's I forget the kid's name, but the running back who they're going to they're going to have uh, a meeting about recruitment violations. Yep. Right. And he's like, no, we're taking my Escalade. And he's like, I actually, I loved that episode. Like, right. the, that was a good episode. Like ha- having just, and this is, I'm basically just repeating what you just said, but like having uh, them interact and seeing how different, and he, it, like how it, he like can't get through to. And it makes a lot of sense didn't. because like college players at a big school, big time school like that like they're all like smash williams in, in season one yeah where it's like they're all they were all have big egos they were all like the top players on their their high school teams and so like a guy like 
like Coach Taylor isn't going to have as much of an influence and effect on those kind of guys. And even in season one, of all the main players, Coach never really got through a smash even. There was, there was never really – later in life, he helps him and he gets him the, the – When Smash is at, right. like, his lowest, right. that's yeah. when Coach when, helps when him. He's, when the ego's gone. Yeah. But, like, even in season one, there's never much – there's not much father-son advice between Coach and Smash. Yeah, the biggest the biggest coach-to-player thing is definitely Saracen. Yeah. And maybe to somewhat close of an extent, Riggins. Right. But those are the two. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I did like – the, like the way that they explained why coach wasn't going to stay at TMU, but the fact that it took so long for him to actually move from TMU back to Dylan, that kind of bothered me because we all knew that it was coming anyway, especially when the coach that they replaced him with was such a dickhead. Yeah. Right. Could see the writing on the wall. Yeah. And he, but DJ, you wouldn't have had your boy Glenn in the exactly. mix. Exactly. Uh, I loved Glenn. This I was a huge is, fan of Glenn. I don't understand this it. Is, this Still. is what we're going to disagree. Back up episode one where Are we going to disagree? Oh, we're going to disagree strongly. What the fuck is wrong with I Glenn? I mean, Glenn makes me laugh. Glenn is so funny. He makes funny. me laugh, but like, I, I, I didn't need Glenn. Like, I mean, no. the, the life that this guy leads is he's a science teacher, and like his idea of goals is like chilling with the guidance counselor, eating a bunch of greasy fast food. We're being so bad, which as I say yeah, that, he was, that's he actually was kind of... Fucker. What? He was just trying to fuck her. Yeah, but he it was that whole thing of like he knew that he wasn't going to fuck her and he was like I don't want to say kidding himself, but like that was like his sad little life that he was like I just thought like it was a, very funny. He's like a permanent friend zone person. And he was harmless. Yeah. Uh, but he wasn't harmless. He kissed her. I I, I, I thought of him as like a squirrely little But like he, Im- nerd. he immediately apologized. Like right. I don't think that like he That's another great moment when he apologizes to coach he's and like, fuck. all he says is he's like Okay, I don't know what I don't know what I'm supposed to say back to this, uh, but yeah, I I just liked Glenn. I thought that I I giggled every time that he was on. Yeah, I thought he, that he was a very cute character. So he had some funny stuff going on. But yeah, yeah, it got Coach back real quick once he figured you know something was happening. He Glenn was in the ice box or something like that. Right, and, uh, and he yeah. came back real quick, which is funny because for someone uh, like Coach Taylor who's just like. A man, a father, like all like stereotypical, like gets shit done. The guy that he was worried about is, like I said, this guy who is sad little guy who knows he's not going to fuck this girl who he's trying to fuck. And he's just eating cheeseburgers and like taking care of uh, somebody else's baby. That just tickles me. I don't know. I like the Glenn thing. So we were talking ridiculous plot lines and we glossed. I'm sure we'll get back to the murder and Mm -hmm. talk about it. Other things. We haven't even mentioned the fact that. Street and Riggins go to Mexico to get shark DNA. Oh yeah, that, for, <laughs> that storyline was. And we've ridiculous. officially entered this episode. Yeah, like okay, we've like, stepped in. Yeah, like this is cr- like that was insane. I I, I mean I, I always loved how Tim just like was a part time high school student. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's that's the most insane part of it yeah. to me is like Tim's just like. Yeah, whatever. I'll take two weeks off of high school. To There's hang now with sixteen you and, at this. You point. do a surprisingly yeah. good Tim Riggins. <laughs> He, I, the, this was such good. This is what I mean. Where Tim's character, like his buddy, needs him now. Yeah. This like, is like, so. I, I'll give you this. Season two is where Tim Riggins. Like we always have the conversation with Breaking Bad. When does Walter White become Heisenberg? When does Tim Riggins become Tim Riggins? It's absolutely in season two because he takes care of Jason. I'm sorry that I just stepped on on your toes and finished your point. And also he grooms Santiago. 
Like, and he takes care of Julie. Julie. Like, season two is where Tim becomes Tim, and that's where you start to love him. So, if like if through one season, Pete, you were wary of what he was, I totally yeah, get season that. Season two is totally when on board Tim with Riggins that. That back. changes in season two. Mm. Now that we're on the Riggins family, Billy Riggins in season two is when Billy Riggins starts to really become like the like shithead. What, like, what the fuck is wrong with Billy Riggins? <laughs> I love Billy Riggins too. That's well, like, he's a great character, but like. As a person, Billy Riggins is a shithead. Like, season two, I think, is when he is... So he's fucking the neighbor, right? I think that comes later, but, like... No, that's... The, that's no, 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 that's in, later Tim, in the season. No, Tim moves out pretty quickly, because... But, in like, towards the first half of the season, I think that he's, like, he's always hanging out with Tyra. He's, like, throwing those parties with Tyra. That was... In, the, I, I think the that's the... Season one. I think it's the end of season one. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's the, the party parties. in the woods. Yeah. All right, well, okay. Well, either way, Billy Riggins is, like, constantly trying. In the seventh of 15 episodes, Tim goes to Tyra's, so that if that gives you any sort of, like, framework. So it's a few episodes into the season, probably, is where that's happening. Well, either way, Billy Riggins is constantly trying to bang Tim's exes. (laughs) All of them. Some of those exes... Well, I'm like, I can't you. blame Although, him, but... No, but Billy's, like, 40, and they're all, like, 15 years old. <laughs> so, yes. Well, except for the, the neighbor who was 30 years old with a child hey. banging a 15-year-old Tim Riggins. Get it, Which Tim. Which somehow we d- kind of glossed over. In yeah, the yeah. how come in the first one we talked about... Uh, or I guess this probably falls on me because I was the one who brought up the Tyra thing, but I, I was so taken aback by this, like, child banging this adult businessman well, when, and the oh, yeah. exact same thing was happening with Tim and his sexist. Neighbor. Yeah, and yes. then the neighbor's child was probably closer in age to Tim yeah. than to her yes. because Tim's like fifteen at, or at that point. And this yeah. kid is like eight. eight? He was yeah. like eight. And yeah. yeah, it was a new big brother. <laughs> oh, I thought I I fell in love with her hard though. She she reminds me of Bridget Moynihan, and I I I was very much a fan of that storyline. Whether you know, <laughs> even if it's rape, whatever. It, I was I was really into it. That didn't make anybody. Did that make you guys uncomfortable? Because it made me uncomfortable to watch. I it. think same thing. Not. I never realized how young Tim was until like I just assumed he was a senior until like the third season. I was like, he's yeah. still in high school. Like, <laughs> what is happening? Like, I understand here? what you're saying. Like, we should have felt that way. I felt I uncomfortable feel, watching. I, it. I don't know if it's because I just it, watched it like a month ago, uh, but yeah. like I felt uncomfortable watching it's that. Now that especially now that I'm fully processing it all and thinking back, still not uncomfortable. <laughs> it's funny to see both of our impressions of it because we both watched it as an as adults, yet we still took different <laughs> things of it. Like, we should have the same perspective But, like, on these the, the thing that makes it even more uncomfortable was that the fact that she, like, rejected it so hard the first time that he tried to come on to her. He, he, she was like, what are you doing? Like, you're an idiot. You're just a child. And then, like, a couple episodes later, she was like, no, I'm horny. Let's do it. Why not? <laughs> yeah, well, it was no, Tim Riggins. Was, you yeah. tell What the fuck yeah. is she supposed I to do? Guess. Yeah. Everyone's helpless to his charms uh tim moves in with who's tyra's sister mindy mindy, mindy's friend uh which we not nothing was really made of how horrifying it is that mindy that's the company that she keeps that she's friends with that guy because she's friends with the meth dealer yeah yeah Yeah. that's how he gets introduced right Mm -hmm. and he's the crazy meth dealer with the ferret um i didn't like the storyline of tim being in danger that wasn't riggins created danger like i i loved all the different things that the riggins brothers got themselves into but like like actually t- living with a maniac who might murder him <laughs> that, that made like me the riggins put themselves in so much trouble as it is you they don't, don't need, need right. any like 
trouble that they didn't create for right. themselves. They did they steal money. They created that for themselves. Well, like, they, oh, they, so they created that when they robbed him. Is this season two? Yep, or they, yeah, they, but even like him ending up there was pretty much their own doing. It's Billy's doing that he left the right, house. Right, so it's Billy did it. Tim's to... doing that he fucked an old lady, and <laughs> that he fucked a lady his brother's age, and it's Billy's fault that he started fucking that same lady. So it's like I mean they they put him put him there. God, the Riggins are awesome. <laughs> this what? is like I think when Bill when you guys talk about Billy, I think this is when it really comes into his own that like Billy starts screwing up on a level as Tim does, like in real like it's like double Riggins fuck ups now happening because yeah. like, well like Billy can never keep a job. Nope. throughout right. the entire series, like how like how do they even have they that rent? house? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Uh, I they, just assume I, I assume all houses are just like the family's house. Like in Texas, yeah, like that's an like, easy thing to yeah, especially on a show that they they can just be assumed. That I feel like they might allude to like the dad might send a rent check or something, but I don't no, even know if that's no, true. They, there is one point where they say that, and then and Billy corrects Tim real quick and says he sent two checks and gotcha. Oh yeah, you're right. Like all houses in in Texas, especially like the small town Texas things, like they cost like twenty dollars. Yeah, well, that, they paid it off within like a week. The funny thing about Dylan, right? Like you think about Buddy. Garrity, even at like the beginning and their house is like just okay like dylan's like a struggling place like every nowhere's like, that even, great like coach taylor is like the most like basically well-respected person in the entire town yeah, and yeah. Like, they he him and tammy are a power couple and they live, and they live in like a very small house yeah, yeah. matt lives in a shack right yeah. All right, let's actually do it. Let's get to the murder. Because oh, we yes. haven't talked about Landry much at all. Um, we haven't even gotten into Crucifictorious, Landry, and Matt's relationship, um, which is a kind of believable friendship for me. I think that that's actually important to season one to have Landry there. I thought Landry in season one was fucking awesome because he yeah. was like, hey, Matt. He's comic he, relief. He, you still like you still kind of suck. Like right, yeah. Like Jason Streets might be paralyzed from the waist down, but he's still a better quarterback. See, I hated that. I, that would that would annoy me so. I was just like, you're being a shitty friend. Like your boy is. He's clearly self conscious enough. Like yeah, he's, yeah. He hates himself. He needs to be built up. Not but that's why he's friends with Landry in the first place. But Landry's getting uh, Lorraine back for all the shit that she does to him, and she's <laughs> like, "All right, you're gonna ruin my high school time. All right, I'm gonna." Ruin things for the only person that you love, but if, <laughs> if evil but if but if, but if Matt Lorraine started it, but if Matt wasn't so fucked up himself, he wouldn't be friends with Landry in the first place. I don't know. I feel like Landry's a keeper, man. I think the tower gets it right. I think that Landry's a, Landry's a good guy. I think he's he's hilarious. I feel like they don't they didn't know what they had with Landry in season one, and then they were like, "This guy's awesome," and they kept him in. But I feel again this season, season two, everything's a little off. Like Matt's an asshole. Julie's a bitch. Tammy's like unsure of herself. Coach is like not sure what to do. Like Landry and Matt aren't there. Like it's very well, like and, off kilter. And you say that like you say that Landry, they feel like they found a gem in Landry in the first season. That couldn't be more obvious by the fact that they put him on the football team in season yeah, two. Yeah, just randomly there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I also think that they were planning for the future um, when they so put do you Landry think, in the football team. That they Well, do you think that they uh, like originally intended to have Landry on the football team in season one? No, I no. think that uh, by putting him on the football team, they covered their asses in case they did get picked up for more seasons that they could say, all right, this is a younger person. And once the older characters leave, that Landry can be a character, which he's- he was like, uh, he's the, the Friday Night version 
Friday Night Lights version of uh, the janitor from Scrubs. I don't yeah. know if you know that, yeah. but yeah. He, he he was supposed, supposed to be in like one episode, one episode. right? Yeah. yeah. And and so like, wait, he's kind of great. Yeah. And kept, kept I feel like he was another the example of that is uh, Breaking Jesse. Bad. Yeah. He was supposed to kill him off oh, in the really? first season. Yeah. And um, uh, Tobias Funke in Arrested Development was only no. supposed to be like one or two episodes. Really? Yeah. Him and George Oscar Bluth were supposed to uh, George Senior. Wow. But um. I feel like the we're talking about season one, but that Powder Puff episode, which is a fantastic episode, they make Landry the ref, and it looks like they're just kind of like improv and having fun, and like I don't know, I felt like Landry really grew on me then. Lance, yes, Lance. Lance. Um, I I thought like the whole Landry football aspect of season two was hilarious. Oh, like yeah. they they were very careful about making sure that like we knew that he still kind of sucked. Like mm-hmm. he got carried off the field in like one of his first games for getting like an for drawing like a defensive pass interference in yeah, the end it. zone. Love it. And, like he didn't make a game winning catch and they still were like, yeah, fuck yeah, Landry, you're the best. <laughs> yeah. They gave Landry a dad. They gave him a football. Oh, right. actor, by the way, if you yeah. guys watch 24, 24. Yeah. yeah. He's that, what, that see, I've never stupid. really seen 24, but I know him. So like, is he just one of those guys? I think he's he is. A, he's one in of those a lot guys. of those things. Yeah, he's yeah. like one of like, you know what? That have you guy. seen uh, have you seen head of state with Chris Rock? Ages ago, that wouldn't. I think he plays the same guy in that movie that he plays in Twenty Four and everybody else. But I mean, such a stand-up guy. Which, given how Christian they are on that show, just breaks your your heart when you see him burn the vehicle. Oh man, yeah, yeah. That's uh, if we we've gotten like we were talking about going into the murder, but we now we have to. We're talking about the murder now. So, what was your what was your original thought (laughs) on the murder? I thought. I mean, what would you do in that situation? Definitely wouldn't dump him in the river. That's I for know, sure. I know that. Like the way they, the aftermath of it, everything. I guess I didn't find it so so unbelievable that it could. Ha- I mean, it was scary that something like that could happen. But like, just someone like was way trying to rape his friend it. again, and he hit him with a pipe. And you know what? Sometimes if you hit a guy in the back of the head with a pipe, they might go bye bye. Yeah, like the fact that the fact that like nothing Landry did initially was wrong yeah that's maybe mad that they responded in the way that they yeah. did they and set up so badly, and yeah. set up an entire season of of a storyline that didn't need to happen yeah so that's but where it's done i, I can definitely see a kid panicking no yeah. i definitely could see it but like at the same time it didn't need to happen and we're dealing with an entire season's worth of shit that didn't need and to happen and if memory serves tyra did like you could say oh maybe tyra talked him into it like, i think tyra think i think tyra objected them, to it yeah yeah and so that's what makes it maybe even more unbelievable that he would react that way especially with someone as uh as like Landry was strong as yeah him. landry was like the person that was like mm-hmm. helping put tyra back into like a better place Right, which he was. Well, I think he, that was kind of the point of this, where like this kind of made them mutually dependent on each other. Yeah. Whereas she had to bring him back now. I loved that relationship. Yeah. I mean, like, all it took to, for him to get out of the friend zone was just some light manslaughter. And yeah, <laughs> seriously. That, that is like. I would do that. Uh, that's, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's what it one, took. That's one of the things that, like, as ridiculous as, the, ridiculous as the murder thing was, the fact that, like, oh, this is how he won her heart by murdering, murdering. somebody. So, um,. To talk about the murkiness of the case, so my wife's an attorney, and in her criminal law class, they actually teach this case with names not changed. It's Landry and Tyra and awesome. Sign me up. Yeah, so you're going to law school now? Yeah, I will. <laughs> nice. uh, but it's something that like 
the murkiness of this case? Is it manslaughter? Is it murder? Is it premeditated? I think the fact that I agree with you, Pete, that they dumped the guy like I was screaming at my TV like because Tyra drives into the police station. I was just like, you know, the license plate, like, you know, the car just fucking caught, you know who it is now. Right. Drive me crazy. What uh, what is the answer? Um, great question. I'll, I'll get back to you with the answer, but I think it is, I think manslaughter, right? I think it's, yeah, manslaughter, but they wouldn't, um, but they didn't have, they decided not to press charges. I think that's like, okay. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, couldn't that get bumped up to, to like murder one considering the way they behaved afterwards? Yeah. I like mean, if there was any gray area of like, oh, what happened after? Oh, well, they fucking just dumped the body and bailed like burn, all right that sounds like murder burn the car right like, yeah yeah like he tried to he tried to confess and then they right. burned the they car they looped at yeah. an officer and then burned the car yeah uh, yeah the, i don't his dad is a bad cop an i know cop. that breaks yeah. my what heart a great dad just he's a great dad like, he's i was thinking he's the only other good dad on the show yeah. well speaking of parents and how good they are jeff you and i agree on this i'm gonna ask both of you guys this i think i've already kind of telegraphed it so you'll know what i'm getting at uh, who's the best mom on the show? Smash's mom. You rolled your eyes in the I know you want me to say Smash's mom kind of way. Do you agree? Um, yeah, I think, you know, to an extent, I think that her and Tammy Taylor would be like the, yeah, the, obvious the, the 1A and 1B. Yeah, I would say that uh, Katie McCoy will finish a distant <laughs> million. <laughs> um I, don't, I can't even think of the I other moms. Of the I'm show. still going to give it to Tammy, but I but I will hear arguments. Like you Smash understand why? I now had some second thoughts that I forgot about about Smash's mom. Or normally, who I think is infallible, but I forgot this season. They she also makes Smash break up with uh, his girlfriend. She's not perfect. She's a she's prejudiced. Sure. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, because she's like he dates a white girl. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, Which is Jana Kramer, by I the love, way. I I think that's such like a stereotypically black thing, but I always think it's so funny too. Is like like I remember when she first catches him with Tyra. Yeah. And, and she's like dragging around, yeah. messing around with them white girls. Yeah. I just love when black people say that. I think it's so funny. Like <laughs> anything, anything gets like oh you've been messing around with them white girls. The whole exchange with Tyra in the like one episode one or two was they hilarious. are not seen again together. The it rest was of the hilarious. Series. Like no, like the fact that like she yeah. was like walking her out of her, the apartment. And like it was looking like she was gonna drive her home, and then like Tyra opens the door. She's like, "No, you can walk home right. from here." Amazing. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, I'm a big Karina Williams fan, and uh, I mean, just to a lot of tough love, just to get into some basic, right? Like, so like she knows, she knows how uh, her children are going to respond, which I feel like as a parent probably isn't always that easy, and it's and. Tammy doesn't always have that with Julie. I don't think anybody ever has that a thousand percent of the time, but she also works a very difficult job for a longer time because, I mean, she's a single mother. She's supporting them the the whole way. And, I mean, she puts her kid before herself time and time again. Like, she doesn't care about the the scholarship or how or what kind of path he takes. Like, she legitimately just wants what's best for him. I think that she's awesome. I'm a, she gives Tammy the news that that's, uh, she's pregnant. That's what, that's what I was just going to say. I like that the fact that she like works for Planned Parenthood. I like how that comes back around with yeah. Tammy. Yeah. And I like the Tammy-Karina relationship. Like the, the few times that they're together, I mean, they should be best friends because they're like the two baddest chicks in town. But By the uh, way, you know, missed opportunity, Planned Parenthood could have came in very good handy in season three. Or was season it season three or four. season four? Yeah, would have like saved, that would have been great to bring her someone back. Someone a job, yes, yep. exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I like that a lot. I also like the um, 
I think that the the dynamic of you know the mom who really cares for her her star athlete son and cares about like him getting the best education and best you know outside football opportunity and using football to his advantage in terms of future right. opportunity outside of football. On the subject of Smash, uh, we discuss. Uh, go, go ahead. I was going to say, I almost got a little annoyed with her in that sense sometimes, though, where, like, I- I'm sure it is being the right mom that's doing the right, is making the right moves, but, like, Smash only had one option, and that was football. And then, like, she would always be like, no, you got to go by the book and whatnot. And it's like, if Smash needs to do a little juice... Let Smash do a little juice. <laughs> if Smash needs, if Smash wants to have a little gray area with some recruitment violations, like Smash has earned that because he's the Smash. <laughs> and she was always like, "You can't be fucking white girls. You can't be going and partying in Florida when you're getting recruited." Like, yes, he can. He's the Smash. I get, I get that it's the right mom move. But yeah. as I watched as a, a college age kid, I was like. I'd fucking kill like, my mom. If, if I could do those things, I, you right, would. I'd yeah. kill my mom if she was doing that shit to me. Uh, were you bugged but when Coach Taylor was doing the exact same shit? He was like, he was... No, because that's his ass. Because if, if Smash oh, yeah, gets yeah. caught with him, like he's protecting his own shit. Whereas if Smash, if he, in, if he gets caught with that stuff, then his mom ends up in the same position. Yeah. If she, if he do, if she doesn't get caught, then his mom's taking care of her life. Yeah. I get, no, I can understand that argument. Um... Relating to Smash, we talked about with the uh, the murder, how they handled the aftermath of it incorrectly. With Smash, I was bugged by the whole movie theater ordeal because I feel like there was such an easy way out of it, which was by calmly explaining, this is what happened. They were being super racist to my sister. The same exact thing that happened to Bobby Reyes in season one. Like right. if they did that, have that press conference. Just like say exactly that, what happened like, no. in a calm manner, even after having hit him like the yeah. first time just be like i'm sorry i lost my cool they were saying some really bad stuff racial stuff which is how he said it the second time around like he couldn't have handled that worse in the most but the most obvious path was to just do that it's yeah. not like oh he lost his cool and he didn't think to do this the only thing i would think to do in that situation is be like oh those guys are being crazy racist yeah yeah pretty much so <laughs> like the sma- well that speaks to to feidelberg's point that the Smash only has football. Like, th- that was, like, problem-solving 101, he, <laughs> and he, he failed. He never, like, there was never any, like, like Saracen was a smart kid. Mm-hmm. Tim only had football, and Smash only had football. So to, to say that, oh, he want, she wanted to get the best education for him, Smash's education stopped kept mattering when he was in fifth grade. Mm. I'm sorry to jump around, but I wanted to, to bring up this point. Uh, on Santiago, we talked about in season one regarding race, how certain words couldn't be said, and that kind of took away from the weight of scenes. Santiago's old running buddy, uh, Pete's smiling because he knows what I'm getting at, I think. After the whole uh, fight that he that Santiago gets into with his... Uh, Dalvin? Dalvin, yes. Um, like these hard-ass gangsters yeah, show up at right. Buddy Garrity's apartment. Yeah, fuck some shit up, and then they're having the conversation about how things have changed, and in this ultimate moment where Dalvin's going to tell off uh, Santiago, he says to him, screw you. And it's supposed <laughs> to be this huge moment, and it's like, ugh, that wouldn't and happen. Also, like, and also, like, the... Like the so unacceptable thing, like the thuggish thing that like his old running buddy did was steal what? What did he steal? Like a clock, a watch, a, a a watch. watch out of Buddy Garrity's place? Like, yeah, that's the worst thing that you could have this guy do. Was it? By the <laughs> way, it, it was not racist of Buddy to want to hide his stuff. 
No. I was like screaming that at the TV. No, the guy. I mean, the guy came from juvie. Yeah. Well, also, so, like, <laughs> it was the most like the hardest juvie of all time. Yeah. It was like like. It was like Shawshank, and these guys, they, he, st- he sold like weed or something like that, and he was in ju- like this hardcore juvie. But yeah, he had the um, the golden watch. He had like a signed a Babe, Babe Ruth, Ruth signed yeah. ball and some other shit. I don't know. I wouldn't leave that out around you guys. And like, <laughs> I know you, and you don't have records that I know of. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely don't think I would leave that out at a party with like my oh, friends. But the thing no. is, he discussed whether or not he should do Remember, like, he bounced it off the Taylors. Yeah, he came barging head. into their house. Yeah. yeah, right, which I love that Buddy does that. He just shows up unannounced all the time. He's, what's his face? Uh, Kramer. He's like, I was going to say Urkel. But <laughs> Kramer, yeah. too. Yeah, he's the, the Urkel slash Kramer of Friday Night Lights. But yeah, again, problem solving 101 or yeah. problem prevention 101, I should say, like you just explain the situation to people. So this guy I know who I think I trust, but I don't know him that well is living with me and he's going to bring a bunch of criminals over to the house. <laughs> would it be bad if I hid my shit? Like it would be so stupid if you didn't hide your shit. <laughs> and he didn't. So, but I yeah. feel like Buddy's really sweet with Santiago. Like I feel like he's a better dad to Santiago yeah, than, than he any is of his to own Lila. kids. Why? So, so his let's own kid fucking sucks at football. So I was yeah. gonna say, let's talk ourselves through this. Why is that? Because Santiago is a promising football player, that's true. and all he loves is football. So yeah. that's we've got into the psyche of Buddy. He, he loves, back, he loves buddy. Lila because she's involved in football, and yep. then the, the kid. What uh, did the kids go vegan yet in season two? Uh, I don't think so. I think they the were eating. T- falling apart. <laughs> they have one dinner scene where she's making like, or the husband's making like tofu, porcini, mushroom, something or other. Yeah. See, like, I, I totally understand Buddy hating his kids because I <laughs> hate his fucking kids. <laughs> well, Buddy uh, Junior doesn't come back until like a couple of years later, right? Yeah. Oh man, Buddy, Buddy Junior sucks. <laughs> they do get the nose right though. They cast the yes, nose that, so correctly. Okay, so the, the all right. I guess we can get this. Who cares? But like, like all right, the fact that they casted that kid as Buddy Junior's kid or Buddy Junior is amazing. Well he, done. It's so hard to find anybody that looks like Buddy Garrity. <laughs> that guy is like, like I said, puckered asshole. Right. So they were just. I like, can't well, wait till we get to find those a puckered asshole Junior. <laughs> yeah. I'm really excited to rewatch them. I've just I haven't watched the East Dillon episodes in a long time. I'm very oh, excited for it. Um, were you bummed when they got rid of Santiago's storyline? I was. Well, I mean, we said to, earlier. It doesn't that, come until season three. Uh, oh, that it just like abruptly goes away. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I liked, I mean, I thought that Santiago's storyline was important to Lila, which I don't give a shit about, but more important to well, I Tim think, Riggins because that's how he kind of earned his way back onto the team. Well, right. we haven't talked about the fact that that Santiago comes into, the, into play because Lila becomes this big Christian freak. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've known people who have done that, like... So something crazy happens in your life, and you. you well, you I'm glad. I'm glad that they did it with Lila, who is already so already unlikable. Bad. Nothing that, to lose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Already so unlikable. Like, might as well make her this big Christian freak. Yeah. And by uh, the way, the churches that she goes to, I was going to absolutely say, fucking lit. <laughs> no, I was going to say horrifying. That is a one thousand percent white church. Like the, the well, yeah, but like and like, the setup they have in there <laughs> is way too good. Like if if I'm going to to church down there, I want to find like the most gospel oriented, like clapping on one on. Uh, You'd go to sorry, church with four. the Williams. What's that? You go to church, go with, church the Williams. with Williams. So like there, I'm pretty sure they clap on one and three. I want to go to a church where they're clapping on two and four mm-hmm. and like getting into it and. 
embracing the laud instead of doing like the, the she fucking goes to boring one of those, speeches and shit. The, that's like a mega church. That's one of yeah. those yeah, like, yeah. Where it's like a, around it's the country. It's he more like, like a cult. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. More like a cult right. than a church. Yeah. yeah. I will say that Lila's Christianity leads to one of my favorite moments of all of Friday Night Lights when Tim Prank calls her uh, radio yeah. show yeah. and yeah. says his name is Tina from Waco and he thinks Jesus is hot. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh. is like that's what would be funny to a high schooler. Like if if exactly. if one of my friends in high school was like, guess what I just did? I called to a Christian radio show and said Jesus is hot. I would like probably suffer an injury laughing. That would be the um, funniest thing in the world. One of the of all the ridiculous storylines, one of the most ridiculous parts of season two was Tim telling uh, Lila that she, that she was the best fuck that he ever had. There's was no just, way that that can be true. He's oh, had sex with it. Tyra. But think I, of the th- would... think of the circumstances of that. That was like they both knew it was the worst fucking thing they had done in their lives. I could see how there could be some intensity and there. And just the good Catholic girls, you're you're dismissing them. The the the, the ones who are the outright freaks, they're they're whatever. But yeah. the, the ones who have to pretend to be good girls 23 hours a day and then you get them on that mm. one one i guess when <laughs> i guess yeah and especially when uh especially when she's banging jason well, street who say, is like i was going to say that's some str- like you're going to De- do shit with Jace, me that you yeah, don't do jason with your boyfriend jason street definitely isn't doing like this weird shit to you that tim Riggins right. is doing exactly so i th- that doesn't surprise me at all yeah, i thought fair. you were saying yeah, that, that's fair. that like you were surprised he had the chutzpah to say that and i was like nah no Riggins i, I was surprised like that. that he did say that i would expect tyra to be to be the better fuck of the two but i get you guys make some good points to be <laughs> well, I'm honest glad that we're growing well there's the other instance of julie falling in love with someone older she goes from the swede teacher. to matt to the teacher the english teacher. oh is this season two yeah. yeah tammy goes all mama bear that's that's when that was one of the times where i was like all right she's the better mom than smash's mm-hmm. mom because she i she just she's very real with that we're like she she's like i'm gonna kill you if you fucking talk to my daughter one more time i'm gonna kill you i don't care if we're co-workers i don't care if she she might technically be his boss right She's yeah, like, if you go near my daughter again, I'll murder you. And she does it with the door open, the whole school yeah. listening. Yeah. She doesn't give a fuck. She just wants to protect her daughter. But he like really wasn't doing anything weird in that situation. Yes, yes he, he was. was. Yes, he was. That, so really? that was creepy. Yeah. yeah, that was creepy. I didn't think that he was that weird. He like lent her books. He was giving her reading material. So. I guess teachers do that, but it was like like specifically. <laughs> maybe it might be my. They were swapping CDs and stuff. Yeah, maybe yeah. my if vision was. If you're exchanging mixed taste with a high school girl, yeah. Maybe I mean, that, my vision's clouded by like the that's, thing that's that the most romantic thing you can do is, is make a mixtape for a person. Yeah, exchanging. So if you're yeah. making it for for, she wasn't even a student. She was just right. She she, she was, was no. It was uh, the school newspaper. Yeah. He, like, yeah. He oh, thought, yeah, that's like, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because Julie writes an expose on the Dylan Athletics football <laughs> program <laughs> and all that. Man, season the journalism two. What the fuck was happening? Yeah, I know. Being a journalism <laughs> teacher and being like oh, i spent a year at the desk of like the milwaukee whatever like as like and the fact that like yeah. that julie's gonna write like an expose on the football team which her dad yeah. coaches right. like come the fuck on yeah there was like i i just i'll say it i didn't like julie in season two julie was horrible in I didn't, julie's horrible i, 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 I didn't like yeah i didn't yeah. like julie through most of the series so we're just okay so like th- she we, was pretty terrible to matt for the most part too. yeah and oh, yeah I, I don't she was yeah. i don't know if it's like she was trying to like portray like a like an angsty teen at that stage, and in that case, it really, like really worked. But she was like difficult, man. She, I mean, driving her car into mailboxes and all sorts of shit. Uh, she, although season two is where Julie and Tyra start to come together, 
That's yeah, an important true, friendship yeah. for the show. Um, because as Matt's getting it on with Lauren, oh no, he's not. He leaves Lauren so he can for Carlotta. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like th- I think that was a good friendship. I I, I liked that. So but, the thing about Julie, I when I saw like the the teen driving PSA at one of the episodes, yeah. which they kept. In like yeah, on, why did they do that? Super weird. Like I guess it's still I can, important. There must but, be like, it doesn't I can need to understand be... when that if that would happen on like when it's on NBC yeah. because it's like yeah NBC does these kind of things whatever. Like to keep that in at the end of a Netflix episode is super weird. And then I texted you saying that DJ and you were like, well, keep it in mind. It comes really important I... later. Did I? Say yeah, that? you said that. So oh, like, wow. so for like, hey Deej, so that was for a like, pretty good little. So, yeah. for, so for like two seasons, I was like fully expecting Julie Taylor Taylor to like die in a car <laughs> crash. Well, so I was surprised that I even had the the wherewithal to think that, but it actually kind of does come in handy for her. But not really not because it's not really. Te- she it's lost not, her shit. Yeah, it's not like a I wasn't paying attention to the road right. kind of thing. It so was basically, like, I bought her story that she gave to her parents, <laughs> even though they showed video of her driving into the. What did she drive into? A mailbox? A house? mailbox? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Julie, get your shit together, man. We just wanted to take this time out to remind everyone listening not to yes. text and drive. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, what else? Uh, uh, by the way, one of the most ridiculous storylines of season two was uh, the Larrabee coach, who like oh, absolutely, oh, yeah. absolutely lost his shit on the sideline. And I then, love, like, this was that. Yeah. This might have been my my favorite episode of season two was when, good thing you mentioned when that, Tim yeah. saves Julie because that was I think as much as him helping Santiago, as much as him going on his vacation with with uh, Jason were were big parts for his character. Him. Being like the big brother for Julie, which I thought I thought that was like the the quintessential Tim Riggins moment, where like mm. he wore he's already the beaten kid, so like he'll wear he'll take the blame and he'll I, th- I think he goes back to the meth house after that. Yeah, I think you're right. Something like that. He 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 gives up really easy. He doesn't put up much he of a fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, coach catches him. He says, "Get out of here!" And he just and he's like, he "Yep, his yep, stuff I'm goes, that guy," yeah. even though he wasn't. Right, right. Yeah. Damn, Julie. Damn. <laughs> but um. I forget where I was going with that. The Larrabee coach. Yeah. Right. That was my second favorite episode the, with the Larrabee coach going nuts. I, I thought that was, for some reason, that, that episode really, really sticks out for me. And I thought that was a very good well, one. Well, it, uh, I thought that storyline was so it's everything. ridiculous. That, that story, yeah, but that setting, I guess. Uh, so the, it, the, it, the, Larrabee, the Larrabee thing was like when, what, they had the, uh, the, tornado, the tornado and then they merged right. schools. So, but that tornado brought, uh, it brought Riggins along very far. It played a major role in the Tyra Landry relationship. Uh, you see how Coach Taylor is with his players, maybe in a light that hasn't existed before, because he's actually at this point he has to protect them against physical harm. That episode, now that I, I think of it, I'm with you. That's like such an important episode for so many different storylines. So that's why I think this season has like some core moments and then some just like weird shit happening. But there's like some core like Friday Night Lightsy things happening. Yeah. And I think that's one this of is them. The, this is the perfect example of that because like that whole thing that happened around Larrabee was like very important to a lot of the core moments. Yeah. And then like after the coach attacks the player, one of the players on the sidelines, something like that, yeah. something like that happens. And then immediately after he's like, 
my wife has cancer. She's going to die. So here's what's I was like, what? That's so, so not necessary when I was re- to this so story. When I was rewatching no, it recently. To see why he snapped and why yeah. he would tackle with him. Like, you have to have a reason behind that. Right. I guess. <laughs> when I was uh, rewatching the show recently, uh, I'd remembered the story being that his wife had left him, which was why he was behaving that way. <laughs> so I was watching these uh, these things that he was doing with the mindset of he's doing this because his wife left him. And I arrived at the conclusion of, well, of course your wife left you. You fucking suck. Like, this is why this guy's wife left him. So I was like, I didn't feel bad for him watching it. And then when he says, You're my like, wife has cancer, is oh, dying. No. I was like, that was it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, but like, well, you can't build up this character. Like, this guy is such a fucking asshole. Like, I can't like this guy. Here are two episodes of him just being a complete dick and then be like, well, my wife has terminal cancer. Well, that's I a know, weird I thought that thing. Was fair because it's a weird it is, thing to then write it makes in. you like go rethink everything you did. And you're like, yeah, I don't know what I do in that situation. It's a, it's a just like right, a weird, yeah. Like, it's a weird none wrinkle. Of us have experienced it, fortunately. Yeah, it's a weird the, uh, wrinkle. I thought I the, the what I did think was weird about it. I didn't think I liked the wife having cancer. What I thought was weird was that he was <laughs> <Nice>. like <laughs> he was the. I mean, I like the storyline, <laughs> but I thought it was weird that he was the same coach from last season but on a different team. Oh, he's the coach from the Mud Bowl. Oh, is oh, he? Yeah. from um, so yeah. like it's, I thought it was weird that he went from head coach from like one team in the district to another. Wow, interesting. I, I didn't, didn't even realize, realize that. that at all. Yeah. He was the coach when they're, they're trying to get him to play at the stadium. Yeah, and they won't do it. And he's, like, he's got yeah, with which, the sharp which black hair. was an awesome episode. The Mud Bowl. That's a great episode. The Brand Vikings. Great. The Mud Bowl is a fantastic episode. <laughs> hmm. The whole building of the stadium. Yeah, it's so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. Um. What did you guys think of just in general? And we touched on it for like a minute. Smash in the recruiting process and his behavior. We talked about Karina's handling of it. Uh, what did you think of just Smash in general? Uh, well, it's like something Pete said. Like I just knew something was gonna go wrong. Like I was like so frustrated. Like, and I'm with John too. Like I want him to like part. Like it's fun like watching Smash party. But in the back of my head, I'm like, how is he gonna fuck this up? How right. is he gonna fuck this up? And I don't know. I just like. With Friday Night Lights, like there are episodes where every like it's just fifteen bad things happen like dominoes and there's no good thing that happens. So it's like something bad's gonna yeah. happen. So I don't know. I know he was being the smash and he didn't want to go to the school that was good at academics and never but you know, it was I just watched it with a sense of dread. Did it work that that was the thing, not the team success? Like because the season was cut short, like yeah. it was just like, oh, and they just didn't have a very good season. Like did did it matter that the actual games kind of took a backseat in, in that season? I think there was so much crazy shit going on that I honestly didn't even notice it. The the only problem that I had with the, the Smash recruiting thing was that, okay, like I can understand the TMU pulling the scholarship and like him being super pissed about it. But the fact that they built up Whitmore so much, like they spent a lot of time on Whitmore and, and Smash like really valuing going to Whitmore education. and the fact yeah. that like it's 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 a good education like this coach has been following him forever and then like after all that after convincing him to go to Whitmore that it was the best option for him that like all right well he gets hurt the next year and that they pull the scholarship anyway 
I know that 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 was probably a product of like the writers' strike, and they had to like right. figure out a way to keep him in the season in the next yeah. season. That was an "Are you fucking ca- kidding me?" moment at the beginning of season three when they when say that like that he gets oh, Whitmore hurt. pulled the scholarship. Yeah. Like Whitmore like, was so creaming itself over Smash that yeah. it would have they like, would that would have been waited, how they, they would have waited. Smash. Right? Like, they would have waited for yeah. sure. Like the reason they got Smash would have been an injury. That, like, like the, they were lucky yeah. enough for him. Like the fact that Smash gets hurt. And doesn't go to Whitmore, and then ends up going to Texas A and M, is ridiculous. Right. So that was the only re- like these. I get mad when they spend a lot of time on like a storyline that in the end really doesn't matter. Right. And that was Whitmore. Which that that that's those are moments that could have been spent on Santiago. So <laughs> way to go, Berg. <laughs> Fucked everything up. Shall we? Uh, shall we get to our friend Santiago? Let's do it. Let go. Benny, it is an honor. Thank you so much for joining us. What up, fellas? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, so I guess we'll just get into the crux of it. What happened? Why did they take our sweet, sweet Santiago away? Uh, we had a writer's strike that kind of like, I guess, happened towards the end of the year or something like that. It was kind of unfortunate timing, I guess. Um, I guess our uh, our season got cut short or something like that or like production or something like that and then uh yeah so then i ended up like you know i was uh guess i was like recurring on that show or whatever so i ended up like on another show and uh it's all politics you know damn uh well what what other show did you end up doing <laughs> right, right writer strike happens next thing you know they don't they don't know when you know you're coming back next thing you know you're doing other things um so uh, what was I doing? What other shows were I doing? I ended up signing a deal with ABC and ended up doing like a like a few more spots on different shows. And I think I did a pilot with them and a couple pilots with them that year and a film or something. So, um, but yeah, it's just uh, I mean that was a very rare uh, situation that happened. Yeah, with the writer strike. Uh, yeah, it was just. Yeah. Uh, were they taping when the strike happened? Um, I believe so. I'm try I don't I don't know if I uh if I remember clearly, but um I do remember it going down. I remember being in Austin, I think it was like in November, right when it was going down. Damn. So it was it's just yeah, it just you know what I mean, it's just one of those things. You know, things happen in the real world and uh sometimes they affect the uh imaginary world that we're dealing with. So What was the uh what was the process like of going through that and like with the people the show creators and being like yeah you're you're not going to come back uh it wasn't even anything that was kind of thought about or even i I don't think i even thought about it and i don't think it was really discussed i mean i'm trying to think i I, I was under under the assumption it was just going to continue but then like the strike happened and nobody knew when we were picking back up and um like i wasn't i wasn't obligated to anything at that time so i ended up uh i just keep working so i'm just like you know i that's how i am i just kind of like keep moving forward and i just kind of like leave yesterday behind me and um yeah i mean th- this is a crazy business it's a crazy business we're in there's like no rhyme or reason sometimes with how things are going and other things are just more set in stone and it's uh it's not your average business you know so, I mean, that, that's a kick in the nuts in a couple ways. And one of them also is that, like, so there must have been no closure. It doesn't seem like you knew as you were 
taping your final scenes or whatever that this would be it for Santiago or that there would be this like big Benny rap party or, or a goodbye or anything. It, so it just kind of stopped abruptly. And there's no closure for the fans either. That storyline just goes uh, away. That's, yeah. Which I, sucks because it was, yeah, it was a good storyline. It sucks more for the fans. For me personally, I'm just, like I said, I, I just, uh, I just show up, you know, I do my job and, um, you know, that's pretty much all I do and that's it. And like, you know, nobody's even guaranteed tomorrow in life. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Deep, like, getting I, deep I, in I, here. <laughs> yeah. I just apply that wisdom to, to my life. So it's just, and, and also too, I mean, I think we're used to in this business, like we're so used to like so much crazy shit happening with like changes of schedules and dates moving around and, mm. Uh, I think when you come up as an actor too and, and you're, and you're kind of like moving up through the ranks or you're just, you know, you're trying to get your feet wet or whatever, like you deal with an uncanny amount of rejection along the way. So just like tough, it's like, it's like boxing, you know, you just keep taking hits. So you just, after a while, you don't even feel them. Um, for me personally though, it was just, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, it wasn't even a thought. Like, it's funny. Cause like, I, you know, I've read people say, man, what happened to that character? And, I think the fan. I think it's, it's it's more for the fans, you know. You get into a show and then something happens, you're just like kind of bummed, right? So, yeah, I mean, speaking of coming up as a, an actor, you mentioned so after the great Aldous Hodge, who you can see in Straight Outta Compton, who played Voodoo Tatum, uh, you were the first, at least on the field, you were the first character that was kind of wedged into this established group that they had there with Tim Riggins and Matt Saracen and Coach Taylor and all these people. Um, what was it like going into that dynamic? And even just, I mean. You as an actor coming up, uh, what background did you have at that point, and uh, how did you get the gig and all that stuff? Um, jeez, uh, let's see. Well, <clears throat> this is going back. Um, yeah, I just um, I'm trying to think. I had, I was. It's, it's kind of a little bit of a blur to be honest. <laughs> like coming up, um, I just you know I just like I, I got to town in Hollywood. I was here for like about four months. It's not probably the average story, but um, I, I think I, got, I booked my first indie film in that, that amount of time hmm. and just kind of immediately went to work on my craft. You know, I just started like, you know, chiming away in, in, in every school I could get my hands on and learn everything I could. So I'm kind of the kind of person, like I come from the line of carpenters, you know, you just put your head down and work hmm. and, uh, that's kind of like just how I apply myself. So like, I don't think I really even come up for air. Like, you know what I mean? Especially early in my career, I, I, I didn't come up for air much at all. So, um, this just happened. I just was another like room. I went in audition for a project and I got cast off tape. So it wasn't even some of these processes you go in, it's like, you'll be seen five, six times. It's like, you, you, you're jumping through fire hoops and running around with midgets and doing everything <laughs> under the you know, they try to get a job and they're just like yeah can you come back and do that again this time as a tranny you know what i mean it's like right so this, this situation was just uh it was very clean i was just like one day walked into a room boom left uh forgot about it because I, I try not to think about these things when i do them and then um yeah i just got a call boom and then i ended up um ended up getting there and it's just like it's the for me it's like it's the same deal different job you know it's it's obviously it's my job to create a character in the environment you know that is presented to me in the world that's presented to me and 
you know, I have my process and how I go about doing that. And, uh, so I just came prepared to work and, um, you know, they're all professionals like every other set I've been on. So, uh, Kyle Chandler, though, was amazing. You know, he, he made me feel really at home right away. And, uh, so, so much like the character, Eric Taylor. Right, exactly. Just goals. Right oh there. yeah, no, they were. Let me. I have to say, like that. That they, they were very welcoming, very humble. Um, we all went out and got drinks right away as soon as they got there. It was, you know, they, and they're, they're all they're all just. I mean, the vibe in Austin. I think everybody kind of just like soaked it in because you know Austin's the best. That's what you do. Yeah, you're an actor. You go to a town. You you, you know you're playing a character from a town. You want to get involved in. You know how the people are, or what they're like, and so everybody, everybody there was like rooted in Texas and Texas culture, and like was very much, you know, you wouldn't be able to tell them from the regular person walking down the street. You're a New England guy, right? I am. Yeah. yeah so I mean, when did you get to to Hollywood? Were you were you still in high school at the time? I mean, did had you played football? Had you done? Uh, yeah, had you, did you come out playing football or anything like that, or was it all kind of new? Uh, yeah, I played football my whole life, actually. Uh, yeah. I, I grew up in New England. I was there until I was about 14. I did high school in PA. Mm-hmm. I in uh, Pennsylvania, played high school football there. Um, played a couple of years at Dean College, right over there in Franklin, Mass. Wow. Um, yeah, suffered a little bad knee injury or whatever. So, yeah, football is, like a, football is my life, to be honest. I, thought, I mean, pretty much thought that's all I was going to do. I played strong safety. So, uh, and I, and I was kind of like the, the, the real irony of the whole situation was I was always kind of like, I always had this chip on my shoulder because, uh, you know, I, I had a bad knee blowout that pretty much ended everything for me. So hmm. for years, I, acting was kind of like the, it was kind of like the consolation, you know what I mean? It was kind of like, well, I really wish I was playing football, but like I'm doing this now because I need something exciting in my life, <laughs> you know? So. When I got this role, it's kind of like you know God winking down on me, going like, hey, "Right, yeah, it's perfect." Did you uh, did you follow the show before you joined it? No, I didn't even know about it. Oh right? wow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny because like I, I know I sound crazy, but like I, sometimes like when you're doing something and you're like in it, you know, you, you don't always necessarily you don't always keep up with everything that's out there because you're just like in it yourself. So. Um, I think Eminem said one time he was like doing music or something and they were asking him about all this like music that came out and he was just kind of like, I have no idea. I'm too busy in the studio. And it's kind of, it's kind of like that, you know, what was, uh, what was the process of filming like the actual football scenes? Uh, how did you view that? Especially as an ex football player? Um, it was, you know, obviously, you know, it's, how do I explain that? Um, I would say that as far as the characters were concerned um, and the way that it was presented, um, you know, I think everybody stepped in to the reality of what that is and, and, and did their work as far as like, you know, look at Kyle Chandler, for instance. I mean, Kyle Chandler, he's, he's a spit image of a high school football right. coach. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. But he, he obviously did his work to, to, to bring that truth to the, to the table. And, um, so did everybody else. I mean, the way, that, the way we shot this was, you know, there was a lot of room for us to kind of do our own thing. You know, I remember getting the set and the, the first AD, I had the script. I mean, I'm going over the, the, the lines and shit. And, 
you know, because I've been on sets where they're so anal retentive about like you getting every word specifically the way they wrote, especially in TV. Mm. Um, and this was not that way at all. He, he took the script from me and he threw it over his shoulder and he was like, look, this is just a guideline. And you guys just basically step into this world and we let you fly and, you know, we're just going to capture it with five cameras. That's, That's awesome. Be that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, what was it like as the new guy also? I mean, you were involved in so many of the character storylines that season. Basically, everything but the murder and, like, Taylor family stuff you were in on. Like, you were Lilo's storyline. You were Tim Riggins' storyline. Obviously, Buddy's storyline. You had uh, your own guys, Devin Diablo and all those those crazy fellows. Uh, what was it like being new and also kind of being central to everything? Ah. Um, I, I, it's kind of hard. How do I explain this? Um, from an outside perspective, I can understand that from like an outside perspective. I think from an inside perspective, um, it's, it's just like, it's, uh, <laughs> there's, there's a certain like consistency that's going on mm-hmm. with me, with, with me as an actor. I think most actors is that like, there's no thought about like, all the only thought is is just kind of like where I'm coming from, where I'm going, and mm-hmm. and kind of just stepping into that moment. So I don't think that the thought process that thought process ever entered into my mind. Like, obviously, shows being written as it goes, so I have no idea like what's coming next or what was before. Or, or I mean, I know what was before, but what's going to come next? And um, so it's just kind of like. I, it's just, you know, my responsibility is just to show up and, and, and step into step into the scene and deliver my performance. Um, and that's kind of all I concentrate on. I don't, it's, 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 it's like there's no, <laughs> there's no thought, like, about anything else, you know? So there's yeah, a certain know. detachment? Yeah. Sounds yeah, like complete, complete non-attachment. Like, uh, it's, I think in order to do this work, you have to, you have to let go of everything. So and you, I, it's letting go of me too. Like there's no Benny when I'm, when I'm doing these things, like it's a, it's a whole, like, did you have a, you know, did you have a yeah. certain favorite storyline with that being said or no? A favorite storyline in the show. Yeah. Um, the whole show is so good. You know, it's like, it's hard for me to kind of just like pinpoint, um, you know, exactly like which storyline I thought was better than, than, than the others. Um, I'm trying to think Jesse Plemons storyline is pretty, pretty hardcore. I think uh, he played that very well. <laughs> Straight up killing yeah. people. Did you personally yeah. have a favorite, uh, a favorite scene to shoot or anything or no? Favorite scene to shoot. Uh, yeah, I would say, um, yeah, where I confront, where I confront my, um, where I confront my old homie. Who yeah. Basically is, yeah. Out in the parking lot. That was a lot of fun. Um, I would say that, you know, anytime I get to kind of just get live on somebody, that's fun. The, the scene I had with, uh, buddy Gary and his truck. Yeah. I like, I like to like let loose. You yeah. Know? So, so, so much of that, so much, so much enacting is, can, can, can kind of be like subtle and, you know, just sort of like, Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. Well- awesome. Well, tomorrow. You know? <laughs> was it at all difficult uh, shooting that scene where you you tell off uh, Devin, given that it was network television, and that I mean we we talked earlier in this episode about that that scene 
where uh, you guys kind of get in each other's face, and Devin has this big like tell-off moment to uh, to Santiago, and all he can say is "screw you," <laughs> and like that loses some of its weight when, like, obviously in that scene, two guys who have been through that much shit together, there's no way it's gonna boil to the point of screw you it would be like fuck you it would be a punch in the face it would be like something insane uh did in scenes like that did you at all feel restricted no i just i just i just go off you know (laughs) how 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 someone else responds to me is on them Mm. so um i i just you know you, you do what you do and they cut it the way they cut it for the sake of however they're going to do it. Like so much of that's out of my hands. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I'm crazy. So (laughs) if I have the opportunity to get crazy and like loke the fuck up, I'm gonna, you know what I mean? Um, if, if it's right, you know, if it's the right choice, whatever. but I'm a very intense person in that respect. So, so that Um, scene where you, 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 uh, rush the the passer for the second time so you fuck up the first time and the guy on the other team like gives you shit for it and then when you're on the line like your face is just like exploding with anger so that was like an easy scene for you to shoot yeah i mean i've been through a lot of shit in my life so it's it's not when it comes to channeling emotion Uh um i'm kind of an emotional wreck you know as a human (laughs) being Like, I just, I'm, like, a very emotional person. It's just the way I deal with it. I wake up every day. I'm, like, fucking dealing with intense emotions. I don't even understand them. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's like I walk with this shit all the fucking time. I, like, need to fucking walk around with gongs in my ears or something or some sort of, like, something to tune out the world to stop me from just, you know, anyway. Um, so, yeah, when it comes to that, when it comes to channeling emotion, it, that's, that's not hard for me. It's mm. just kind of, yeah, it's, like uh, it's just uh, like the natural thing or something. Do you think that that buddy the Buddy Garrity character actually cared for the Santiago character? Because like w- there were examples where you're like, ah, oh, this guy's a pretty shitty dude, but he he was good to you. Do you think it was just because you were good at football, or Santiago was good at football, or is it did he really care? <laughs> I think I think it's multi layered. I think you go into situations as human beings. And you don't really know. I think you might initially have your initial reasons as to why. Like, think about it. Think about, like, for instance, a love relationship. Initially, you get involved in a love relationship. You know, as a guy, you think the chick's hot. As a girl, maybe she's looking for security. Who the hell knows? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And over time, you get to know each other, and then other things come up. And things evolve, and, and things become revealed that you didn't even know were inside you. So I, I feel like that's the case um, in, in most stories and also in this one and especially with this character. Um, I think that he was going through a very trying time in his life. He had a lot of shit going on. You know, his daughter was, his relationship with his daughter was, you know, on ice and his marriage and everything else. And, um, you know, at the same time, he's obviously hardcore about football. So, I mean, you got all these things going on all at once. And I think that, you know, in the process um, of dealing with all that, you know, he comes into contact with this character and, you know, obviously, you know, his reasoning may have been surface to, to begin with, but I feel like 
you know, as, 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 as the events, you know, progressed, um, we get to see kind of a deeper side of him kind of become revealed. And I mean, just think about that scene when I'm like, I'm in the room and I'm like, this is the first real bet I ever had. And you can right. see the reaction. So it's like <clears throat> inherently every human being is, is good and holy. Like no matter how evil or screwed up they are, you know, and, you know, throughout their path as a soul or whatever. So I would say that, you know, but not everybody knows it. Yeah, man. Fuck. Santiago was season two, man. Because also, not only uh, with letting Buddy kind of see a good side of himself, that's also, I always say, the first time that we see Tim Riggins being a good dude is when he's trying to coach up Santiago. So, yeah. Santiago was central to that season, man. Um, did you keep watching the show once you were off it? Yeah. What did you think? Yeah. What did you think of um, of the Michael B. Jordan storyline? Because obviously it was like the same thing as the Santiago storyline. Oh, great. I mean, that they killed it with that. They, 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 they. I mean, my opinion. You know, you know. It's it, sometimes shows fall off, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, many shows do. Many shows are like, wow, like, that was good in the beginning, but then that really that sucks. You <laughs> right. Know, it's just <laughs> you just kind of left with your head hanging, like, all right, well, right. Some shows crush it all the way to the end, get better. Um, and especially with a show like this where, you know, you're bringing on a whole new cast. I mean, there's still some cast members, obviously, but you're bringing on, you know, new characters who become central figures of the show mm-hmm. uh, in, in, you know, the later seasons. Um, it's a tricky thing to do. And it's a tricky thing to accomplish. Um, I feel like they hit a home run with that. And, um, you know, there's some of the best doing it. Period. I mean, Peter Berg's hats off to him because he's. I mean, he's he's one of the best. So you know, it's just kind of like he, they killed it. That's that's all I can say. I mean, what else can I say? Is uh, was there like any bitterness or maybe uh, was it disheartening at all to kind of see like they used this basically the same storyline and they had success with it and then just like cut you out completely? Was there any kind of residual effects about that? No, I, I don't, I don't even, like I said, I, I don't really, uh, I don't even think about these things. I really don't. Um, I, I, I just kind of like everything. I just keep it moving. Like I'm the kind of person where I just, I just, I, I look ahead and I look so far ahead that I have such like long range vision mm. that I see all these things as stepping stones and that's all they are. And that's all they're ever going to be, you know? And I don't think I'm ever going to be satisfied in my career, I don't think I'm ever going to be comfortable and I'm never going to count. I never count like my successes as, I mean, I look at them and I appreciate them and I see them for what they are. Um, but I'm always focused on the next thing I have to do. And, you know, I have to get up and work every day. You know, I have to handle my shit like everybody else does every single day. And I have so much, I have so much art inside me. Like, you know, I, I, if I get, if I'm on a show and I'm off the show, great. Cause now I can do something else. You know what I mean? Like now I can get my hands dirty with the next like creative thing I want to do. So, um, it's never, I don't have any of that ego attachment. My ego is completely gone when it comes to this. There's no room for it at all. Um, it would, it would do my work a com- complete disservice. Um, I wouldn't be able to, to, to do this. At, you know, in the way that um, would serve the art 
um, if, if I was. I'm not in it for fame. It's not about the money. Obviously, I have to make money, and obviously, like, you know, fame is a part of success in Hollywood. But um, for me, that's not that's not what it's about. How much? And it's not ever going to be about that. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, that's it. Okay, I, I'm wondering how much do you think uh, Santiago and what you did on Friday Night Lights influenced uh, the kind of roles that you've gotten since? What kind of roles do you like to play? Uh, things like that. I like to play anything that's, you know, I, I, just multi-layered and, and allows me to kind of, you know, tap into, um, you know, many layers of, of, of character, you know, on a subconscious level, on a physical level. Um, on an emotional level, um, anything I can, I can, I can transform into, you know, that's, that's the most fun for me. When, when, when I have to completely, you know, sink in and sort of, you know, really bring, bring it on every level, you know, that, that's the most fun. I, I, I'm not interested really in playing like everyday guy next door, doctor guy, you know, right. but I've never been those guys and 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 main, probably because i can't stand those kind of roles you know I don't yeah play them. I, just, I cringe when i or like the you know the guy who oh i'm trying to get the girl will you marry me like i it's not that i can't do it but at the same time um i don't know i mean i'm a huge fan of like daniel day lewis and joaquin phoenix you know what I mean? yeah, like, yeah yeah those guys those are the kind of cats that, that I've looked up to my entire career and, and I hope to one day you know um, you know be able to accomplish some of the things that they have and that's 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 where I'm at you know with, with the work so as far as like if that if that's a good answer yeah that's cool uh, so you're you're also in a Ben Affleck movie coming out down the road right I am yes so what was that like yeah. that was I mean that's that that was God. You know, I've always wanted to work with Ben. I mean, yeah. I don't know what else. He's he's from Boston. Like I'm from Providence. Hello, you know. Right. Um, yeah. Goodwill. Yeah. And not just because of that, but um, you know, Goodwill Hunting w- was a story that like really touched me because it's it's so close to home in my my life. It has there's so many parallels to that movie. Like as far as my life is concerned, in that movie. Mm. So I mean. It, it touched me deeply. And then, you know, it's also been made by, by, um, two cats. I, I respect completely from my hometown. And not only that, but then just watch what Ben's done, you know, recently with his work, you know, from the town to Argo. Yeah. Um, and I respect him so much as a director. So, um, when I got, when he picked me to put, when he put me in this movie, I, I was like floored, you know, no, yeah. uh, just blown hell away. Um, and, I mean, it was it was great. I mean, I, I, I God, what do I say about that? I mean, obviously, I'm nervous. You know, it's like, hey, how you doing? Uh, I, I mean, he cast me off a tape, so I didn't even meet him before I got to set. You know, man. And uh, I get to set, and I, I jump right into a bank robbery scene with him. Like, let's go, shoot, go, boom! <laughs> before we even had a conversation, you know what I mean? That's so, badass. Um, yeah, it was it was it was fun. I mean, it's it's one of those projects you always dream about as an actor because you know I, it's the 20s it's you're playing a sicilian gangster from the 20s oh like fuck Boston. that's awesome it's, yeah you know what i mean it's like everything that it's like it's, i don't know like, much about this project but for, from what you've right, said so like, far like bank robberies 20s gangsters like i'm i'm fucking in well, it's, already it's <laughs> october 20 it's october 2017 i think i saw and i was like ah oh, damn it <laughs> 
2017 is a while away. Right. Sure. Damn. But yeah, I mean, that was, that was a phenomenal experience for me. And, um, just, you know, I'm, 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 I feel indebted, you know, and, and humble and grateful in every way, um, yeah. to the band and, um, Chris Messina was one of the, who, who was, uh, star oh, awesome. as well. Plays my brother. He, he, he was like one of the greatest guys I've ever met on set. Um, just one of them, one of those kind of guys. It's always like checking in with you. Hey, bro, how you feeling? You, you know what I mean? Can I get yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. It's always like just kind of like like one of your best friends on the East Coast who's not a shitbag. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I'm psyched to see that movie. Damn, Benny, thank you so much for joining us. This was this was awesome. Thank you, guys.